And uh, let me add my welcome. My name is John T. Um, it's fantastic that you're here um, to share with us this afternoon in this carol service. And we just sung, Fall on Your Knees, Oh, Hear the Gospel Story. So just for a few minutes, I want to tell you the gospel story. It's a simple, simple story. In fact, it's a story that if you were paying attention, you've already seen today. It's a story that happens every single day. It's a story that is so familiar to us that we might even miss it. It happened this morning at 7.56. 7.56 this morning, the story happened. You know, you know what the story is? It's the story of night becoming day. It's the story of darkness becoming light. And maybe you even slept through it. Or maybe you were awake, but you didn't even notice it happen. And yet that is the gospel story. You see, there is darkness and there is light. There is night and there is day. But here's the thing I want us to focus on today. I want to focus on the point at which the night and the day connect. What is the point at which they touch one another? Well, that's what we call dawn. Dawn. For years, dawn has fascinated human beings. There is something almost magical, almost mystical about that moment when suddenly the night is over and the new day has started. It's inspired poets and artists through the generations. If you Google um, images of hope, one of the big themes you'll see in the results you get is sunrise. It's a universal picture of hope when night becomes day. It's the language that Romeo and Juliet used to describe their love, but soft what light on yonder window breaks. Tis the dawn and Juliet is the sun. Because dawn is magical. Or if you're not into Shakespeare, perhaps you're into Lord of the Rings. And the Battle of Helm's Deep. And Gandalf's promise. Look to my coming at first light on the fifth day. At dawn, look to the east. Can't you hear it? Even in, even in that, there's something about dawn which speaks of hope. In the face of overwhelming darkness, dawn breaks in. And that is the image that 700 years before Jesus was born, that is the image that a man called Isaiah chose to use. You've already heard these words. Listen to them again. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. So I want us to consider that moment, that moment of dawn. And in order to have a dawn, you need two things, right? Two ingredients. 
You're probably going to do a load of baking over Christmas, some of you, some of you not so much. Some of you are going to do some baking over Christmas. You need to get the ingredients right. Here's what you need to make a dawn. You need two things. Firstly, you need a night that is finishing. And secondly, you need a day that is starting. And those two ingredients go together to make your beautiful dawn. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to start by thinking about the night that is finishing. And then we'll turn our attention to the day that is starting. So Isaiah talks about darkness. In fact, he doesn't just talk about darkness. He talks about those living in the land of deep darkness. So we've got to understand, what does he mean by that darkness? That's the night that he says is finishing. What does he mean by that darkness? I guess at this point, it would be easy for some of us to go, oh yeah, well, I get that. The world seems a very dark place. Right? There's loads of things happening in our world that seem dark, aren't there? We turn on our news and we say, look, there's darkness all over. Or not just our news, perhaps we we look at our own lives and it just feels dark. Okay, let me me try and... um, before we, before we rush too quickly to there, we need to understand what Isaiah meant by darkness. See, he was talking about something. He wasn't just talking about bad things that happen in our world. He was talking about something more profound than that. So give me a second and let me try to explain to you the darkness because if you will understand the night that is finishing, then you'll be ready to see the beauty of the day that is dawning. But you've got to see the night first. As I was writing to a group of people who were God's people. And God was their father. And God also described himself as being like their mother. And he described himself as being their king. And he described himself as being their shepherd. He had rescued them and he led them and he provided for them and he fed them and he cared for them and he taught them. It's beautiful. In fact, I think you could sum it up like this. God carried them. God carried them. Okay, look, when was the last time you were carried? Can you think of the last time that you were carried? I guess it's quite a long time ago for most of us, right? Anyone been carried in the last week? Not many of you. Some of the children. Oh, yes. Because being carried is something that children are really good at. Right? There was a time, wasn't there, when you were carried all over the place. You got to a point in the day when you said, that's it, I'm done. And I'm not walking anymore. And at that point, the most normal thing is then just to go like this and wait for someone to come and scoop you up. Because basically you're saying, I don't really want to walk anymore. And there was something so wonderful about being picked up and carried. And then you snuggle in, you fall asleep as you get carried along to your destination. It's a beautiful image of being carried. That's not what it feels like when I'm carried now. If someone picks me up now, I don't go, oh, this is lovely. It normally means they're going to do something bad to me, throw me in a river or something. I don't know. But it doesn't feel safe. And even if they're trying to help me, it still doesn't feel safe. Because at some weird point, as human beings, 
We switch from being those who love to be carried to those who hate to be carried. Isn't that weird? And the really tragic thing, the thing that's most sad about this, is that the period when you loved being carried, we can't remember that. Because that was kind of the stuff we don't remember when we were little kids. And our most experience of life is we just go through life, and when your legs are tired, you just have to keep walking. Look, God is the God who carried his people. In order to help to illustrate this, um, I I brought a sheep along. Um, It's not a real sheep. Uh, And because actually, I, I really want you to get this image of a people who were carried by God. And what a beautiful, gentle thing it is to be carried. But just like us, at some point, this people that Isaiah was writing to, they got fed up of being carried. They didn't want to be carried anymore. And in fact, the word that Isaiah uses is a really interesting word. He says, they spurned God. They spurned him. That's not just them, they politely declined being carried. It's not even they rejected it. It's like the... It's like the Brussels sprout moment, right? If you don't like Brussels sprouts, you spurn them. You don't just go, uh, no Brussels sprouts, thank you. You go, ugh, disgusting. That seems to me what, I like Brussels sprouts, but others seem not to. And so what God's people did is they spurned him, they rejected him, and they said, we're going to go alone. I should have thought of this. Look, here's a, so they're going to go off um, alone. And so God's people Rejected God, spurned God, said, we don't want you to carry us. We're going to go it alone. But here is the problem. Life without God is darkness. And the reason it's darkness is because when you spurn the one who made you and the one who carries you, actually you discover there's stuff in life which gets really, really heavy. Um, I, this was, I should have made these lighter. This was... Um, now, I, I nicked this from our front room. <laughs> and this is not something I regularly use. Um, but actually, I want you to see this image. That when you are not being carried by God, what happens is you end up having to carry... It's all right. It doesn't feel a thing. You end up having to carry a burden. In fact, the Bible says that when you reject God, you end up carrying a burden, a burden that is too heavy for you. That's the darkness. Because God will not force you to be carried. Instead, he will allow you to go your own way but you will find yourself in a place of burden. That's the darkness. And for God's people, when Isaiah was writing, they felt that burden. They could see that around them there were enemies who were attacking them, enemies who were opposing them, and it felt terrifying and it felt scary. But rather than cry out to God and say, God, please carry us. Instead, they continued to do it on their own. And the burden got heavier and heavier. And I wonder if actually this is 
quite an accurate picture for how many of us experience life in this world. We think that we can do things on our own, and we think that we can go it alone, and we think we don't need the God who made us. But actually what happens is we find ourselves in a world of darkness. We find ourselves in a world where things go wrong. We find ourselves in a world of suffering, in a world of pain. We find ourselves in a world of burdens. We feel afraid, we feel anxious. And perhaps we feel ashamed. I don't know if you've come to church this afternoon feeling any weight of burden. I look around London. I watch people walk around London. And it's interesting, isn't it, how most of us, we walk like this. People walk almost physically carrying a burden. And when you're feeling, the the more crushed you feel, the more you stoop, the more you, it's almost like it's a physical weight crushing you down. The darkness of night. And the tragedy is that you can't take that burden away. You can't deal with the burden yourself. That is the night that is finishing. Because Isaiah said, the people living in a land of deep darkness have seen a great light. Something has happened that is about to turn the night of burden into something glorious. Now listen to these words again. This is probably a bit in Isaiah 9 that you maybe hear at carol service each year, but maybe you've never really noticed or thought about this bit, but hopefully you're going to understand it this, this year. Isaiah says, as in the days of Midian's defeat, he has shattered the yoke that burdens you, the rod of your oppressor. Do you hear it? You may say, what's Midian? Right, Midian was a great big army that was attacking God's people like a burden coming. That was the night, that the pressure, the crushing pressure. But God says, this is what I did in those days. I crushed the burden. I smashed it. I took it away. I set you free. You see, the light that is coming, the day that is coming, is a day not of burden, but of freedom. A day not of sorrow, but of joy. You enlarge the nation and increase their joy. They rejoice before you. I wonder if you think London is a city that looks more burdened or joyful. I wonder if your friends or... Perhaps even you today, I wonder if you describe your life as more burdened or joyful because there will come points when the burden feels too much for you to bear. And on that day, you need to know that there is a new day. So what's the dawn? If the night is the night of burden and the day is the day of freedom, what's the dawn? What is the connecting point? How do you go from night to day? Well, Isaiah tells us, for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of peace. How do you go from night to day? How do you go from dark to light? A baby's born. 
That's the dawn. The dawn on this story is the birth of Jesus. That's why we celebrate Christmas. Because when Jesus was born, he came to change night into day. And you may say to me, but how does that even work? I mean, what does that even mean? How does Jesus, how does a little baby do that? Okay, watch very closely because you're going to need to... You need to know something that Isaiah said later on. You've got to read a bit more of Isaiah. From Isaiah 9, you've got to get to Isaiah 53. Where it says this. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. Each of us has got this burden. We have sinned against God. We've turned to our own way. But here's the miracle. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity, the burden, the sin of us all. Who? Laid on who? Well, laid on the child. Laid on the son that's been born. The child that's been given. And so this burden is lifted It's lifted away from us. And instead, it doesn't just flow off into nowhere. Instead, it is placed on Jesus. Our sin, our burden, placed on Jesus. That's why Isaiah 53 says, He was crushed for our iniquities, He was punished. For us. And of course, that's why Christmas matters. But Easter, when Jesus died on a cross and rose again, that's why it's there that night becomes day. Because as Jesus dies on the cross, it is my burden that is placed on his shoulders. Can you see him? Can you imagine his arms being stretched out and placed upon his shoulders is my burden, my sin, my shame, my failure. All that I've done wrong is placed on him. And he's crushed. This is the gospel story. This is the miracle of Christmas. Night, the crushing burden of night, turning to the beautiful joy of day because a baby was born who took the burden in our place. And so Jesus was crushed that we might go free. That means this Christmas that when you come to Jesus, when you see Jesus for who he truly is, you leave the darkness and you become part of the light. You leave the night and you become part of the day. Even this Christmas, dawn can happen in your heart. And the beautiful thing is that Jesus lifts that burden. He carries it. He pays for it completely. Then he rises from the dead and then he says... Now let me carry you. Now let me carry you. Let me be your shepherd. Let me be the one who walks with you. Let me be the one who protects you. Let me be the one who takes you all the way home forever. This is the gospel story. It's the simplest story ever told. 
It's the story of there was evening, there was morning the first day. There was night, there was day. And this Christmas, if you know anything of the burden of living in the night, this Christmas, do you see that dawn comes through Jesus? Gandalf said, at dawn, look to the east. Jesus says, no, look to me. Look to me and I will give you life. If you feel the crushing burden of shame or disappointment or guilt, then let Jesus carry that burden for you. You don't have to walk in the darkness. You can walk in the light. So this Christmas, the gospel story is very simple. And the question is, what will you do with it? Perhaps you'll do what you did with sunrise this morning. Perhaps you'll sleep through it. Perhaps you'll ignore it. Perhaps you'll shrug your shoulders. But what if this Christmas you discovered this gospel story is not just the simplest story, it's, almost the, it's also the most beautiful and important story that's ever been told. What if this Christmas you came to this Jesus and said, would you be the dawn in my life? I want to go from darkness to light this Christmas. This is what Jesus is doing all over the world every day, bringing dawn to people who live in the night, bringing them into the day. And what better time of year to do that than Christmas? So I'm going to lead us um, in a prayer. Um, and I want to give you a chance to respond. It may be that some of you think, well, that's all very interesting and nice, but I'm not particularly interested. Um, Perhaps some of you would love to find out more about this. At the end of the service, you're going to hear some more about how you can find out more. I mean, if this is true, this is the best news ever, right? This is the best story in the world. There's a night that's finishing, there's a day that's starting, and you can be part of it. But it may be this afternoon that you've heard some of this stuff before. You know that Jesus is who he said he is. You know that Jesus is the hope of the world. You know that he's the dawn. And today you, you say, I... Okay, today's the day. I want to go from darkness to light. And if that's you, then I just invite you to pray along with me as I pray. And even this afternoon, even this afternoon, come to know Jesus as the one who lifts the burden of night and brings you into the freedom of the day. So let's, let's pray together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this afternoon that you are the God who created us, the God who carries us, the God who cares for us, the God who loves and feeds us. We're so sorry for all the ways in which we spurn you, in which we reject you. But Father, thank you that you sent your son Jesus to be the dawn, to bring in the new light of day, Thank you, Jesus, that you lift the burden of light. Thank you that you were crushed by our burden so that we might have freedom. And Father, we pray that we might live in this new light of day, this freedom and joy. In Jesus' name, amen.
Well, thanks for listening. I really want to encourage you to think about this stuff and to take it seriously. Um, this, this decision matters. Everyone in this room is either part of the night and will be part of the night forever or is part of the day and will be part of the day forever. And it all hinges on what you make of this baby Jesus.